What's up? It's Kid. Thanks for checking out this podcast. When you're done the episode, please join me in my app, a social media platform with real uncensored conversations. Aliens, unschooling, natural health, politics, psychedelics, social credit, freedom, all the things, even the things I can't mention here. Join me at kidcarson.com or search Kid Carson in all the app stores. We've got the Android, we've got the Apple. It's all hooked up for you. K-I-D-C-A-R-S-O-N. Hope to see you there and enjoy the episode. Corey George, some people tuning in now are fans of yours, eager to get a sneak peek of the man that is the person that they see on social media, that they yep. follow, that are inspired by. Yeah. Um, before we get into who you are, I, I just wanted to start off by how I discovered you. Okay. Which was, um, I guess, when during a time where the businesses were getting shut down, yeah. small businesses in our neck of the woods uh, yeah. in BC, um, you were sort of leading the charge on um, creating a collective, getting people together, yeah. how we can navigate this weird space where the government was doing all this strange Correct. stuff. Yeah. And I was still working in mainstream radio at the time, sort of really handcuffed on what I could say on the air. Yeah. Watching, I didn't stop you, but yeah. Right. right. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. But uh, it, it was super inspiring to see you taking lead and taking charge. I started following you on Instagram. Cool. It's interesting how we get to know people through social media. Yeah. Because I'm meeting you for the very first time face to face. I know. I asked you when we when we saw each other. I'm like, is this the first? Have we met in person yeah. before? No. Like, I feel yeah. like that energy. Like I've met you before. Yeah. And um, because I know that we our values align in, in in many ways. Totally. I feel like I've known you longer than I have. Cool, man. Likewise. Right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and so I've watched you sort of um do a couple things. Yeah, a couple uh, pivots. A couple pivots, and it's <laughs> really really inspiring because we're oh, all okay. we're all going through a time where we we're. we're all on our own pivot. Yeah. And we need people to look to that inspire us who are, aren't afraid to adapt and, and face challenges and yeah. do wild shit. And I've seen you do like some wild shit, including yeah. move your, your, your family to another country. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't lose you during the pivot. Cause the pivot, oh. I think pissed some people off for sure. Give us a 32nd version of who you are. Yeah. And then we can dive into any rabbit hole you want to. Okay. Um, who are you for people that don't know who you are? Yeah, so obviously my name is Corey George. It's Corey Leaf, but we changed my last name when we started getting popular just because no one could pronounce my last name. And my middle name's George. And my grandpa was an entrepreneur and he was like one of my best friends. And he passed away a couple of years ago. So I went with George as my middle name, but I wanted to go with that. So, mm. um, but yeah, so my name's Corey George. I'm a business owner. I own two companies. We have 70 staff. Um, you know, I'm a guy who went down the wrong roads, went down all the wrong rabbit holes. I've been down all of the rabbit holes. Uh, I was a drug addict before I was 21. I was arrested three times before I was 21. I lived in a warehouse and did door-to-door -door sales to put my life back together. I'm a college dropout. Um, and then when I turned it all around and started studying the 1% and going deep on that, I became the youngest executive in a billion dollar company in Vancouver, which is a company called LedCore. I built TELUS's highest performing sales team of like 250 people. We did uh, over hundred million dollars in sales for them in 2016. And then I started my own business um, in 2017 out of my condo. So you were talking to me about taking a couple of steps back to restart. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing. I went from the corporate world, 200 and 250 staff to five guys out of my condo in the suburbs. And we built that business and we just broke our first million dollar month this month or last month. So now we're like 60, 70 staff. I'm also a chronic illness survivor. So I got super sick in 2019 where I lost 70 pounds in a month. I went from like 180 pounds and jacked, like I had a frame like yours to, uh, and I was sh like super shredded to 110 pounds in a month. And wow. uh, came through that while building my business. So 
And that took a long time to put all the pieces together. If that went down all those rabbit holes too, I went down plant-based, I went down energy work, I went down literally every possible solution to health till I figured it out. So I've been, been through a lot. Um, you know, I, I turned, I'm 32. And uh, it's funny, I made a joke when I turned 30, because when I was 20, I was managing a staff of 60 back in my earlier <laughs> career, you know, because I was, I was 21. 2021, I was just sobering up, but I was gifted public speaking wise and sales wise. And I immediately got into a management position. And the CEO was like, if anyone asks how old you are, just tell them you're 10 years older than you are. So when I turned 30, I was like, man, I've been 30 for 10 years, you know? So anyway, see, I'm not that old, uh, but I've been through a lot of life. Just with what you're, and I didn't know half of what you just said yeah. about you. Just that going down those rabbit holes would be like a 10 hour podcast, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where I piss some people off because I gained a lot of following by talking about a lot of the rabbit holes that people are down right now. But the difference is like, I know that a lot of them don't lead to a good place. Hmm. Like the, the defeatism, the blaming the outside world for your circumstances, blaming an elite group of people, blaming the Illuminati, blaming this, blaming that. I came out of that realm because Hmm. it's more detrimental. It's actually designed to suck you in. I went down all those rabbit holes. We definitely talk about them. I hope we talk about it a little bit today because I want to help pull some people out of them because not all rabbit holes lead to truth. Right. And right. Um, there is a lot of controlled opposition and, you know, like I said, the internet and, and Instagram yeah. in particular are meant to just sort of suck you in right. and, and not even spit you out. That's right. Um, they don't want you to. Right. I'm glad you said that because it's so easy to get into the dark side and get sort of stuck in yeah. that sort of in the shadows. And we've got to sort of stay in the light and yeah. stay around people that lift us up, yeah, get us energized. That's what happened to me last year. Right. Right. Because when you met me, I was fighting. There's, there's a place to fight. There's a place for short-term battles. There's a place for protest. But if you actually look at the definition of protest, like protesting is an action taken when you feel there's no other course, when you don't feel at effect. Mm. So when you don't feel at cause, when you're not at cause, you protest. People who are at cause don't protest. They handle the situation. Mm. Right. So there is a place for protest, but what, what's happened is most people become protest minded and that's all they do is they protest mm. Right? Mm. and they don't actually look at like, that's a short term pause. It's like a short term roadblock for your enemy, but what's the long term game? And I got sucked very much into the short term protest mind last summer and, and I lost sight of the longer game, which is my game right now is to mold myself into a world leader. Like that's what I'm doing, but it's going to take me 10 years, mm-hmm. right? So I can't lose sight of that for, to be a short-term activist. Right. And then I made that pivot. You watched that because I was on the front end. You know, we did a thousand letters to police officers, everything from a superintendent and up across every, uh, every form of police across Canada, all your smaller police stations. We did over a thousand letters to superintendents, to uh, po- police commissioners, police board members. We did a thousand letters that I wrote because I'm a copywriter. I'm a sales trainer. I'm a, I'm a persuasive writer. That's what I do on the, in the corporate and the business world. Companies hire me to market their products. So I take the idea of personal freedoms, what this country was founded on. I wrote a persuasive letter and templates. And we sent a thousand letters just from my business to all these police officers. We did the same thing. We sent 370 letters to members of legislative assembly. We sent hundreds of letters. I think it was like 300 letters to MPPs. So we did all of that and it was some, some communication, but the whole idea was apply communication as the solvent to solve the issue. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that wasn't working. And then the government kept escalating their game. And my plan was, you know, if the 
the, if the government was the head of the snake or it was the head of the body, right? I mean, the spirit is the elite, right? Mm. The, the government is the mind. They're not the, they don't actually initiate the ideas. These ideas aren't what's going on on planet earth right now. It's not the ideas of the G7 leaders. It's not Trudeau's ideas. Right. He's merely a mechanism to carry forward with his henchmen. Right. So I looked at, if this is psychological warfare, I'm going to cut their hands off and their hands are the police. That's how I looked at it. So right. I'm like, okay, so yeah. if, the, if they lose, the po- they need the police to carry out their orders. So if I can c- communicate with the police and get the police to snap out of it, then the government loses their hands. Like right. They don't have hands, they can't do anything. Right. So we did all that. You know, We got into communication with business owners. I brought members of parliament and business owners together. And then I just took a loss after a loss and I was neglecting my business, neglecting my health, neglecting my, my, my wife. And I just watched my realm of what I should be in control of shrink. Mm. And then I looked at, okay, what effects am I having on the realm that I'm playing in? Not that much. So I'm losing on all fronts. So I took a loss, man, like last summer. Like when, when all this was going on, when we were fighting the vaccine passports, when we were doing business to business programs, we were going knocking doors, business to business, spreading the truth about human rights, spreading the truth about uh, the real statistics around COVID. We were spreading the truth around the real statistics around the efficacy of masks and vaccines and transmission. We had all that data. We put it all together. We sourced it all using mainstream sources so that it was believable. Mm -hmm. And uh, we spread all that information and maybe it planted the seeds that germinated into the trucker convoy. And, you know, it wasn't just us, it was you guys as well. But it, it, I took it as a short-term loss. Like it didn't, the, the vaccine passports came out anyway. The businesses pretty much fell in line, right? They didn't, they didn't fight back. And my health started falling apart again because I fully hadn't worked out my health at that point because I'd been super sick for the previous couple of years on and off. And I said, you know what? Um, they can win this battle. Mm. So I literally, I'm like, I'm going to work back on my realm. I'm going to focus on my business. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to go back to, I went and took some courses. I refocused. I got back in shape. I grew my business by literally 100% last year. We hired another 35 people. About 10 of them had lost their jobs or had been kicked out of school due to mandates and passports. So we helped in that way. But that's what happened last year. That was the pivot that you saw. Yeah, I remember following you on Instagram. And then one day you just sort of made a post like, guys, I'm paraphrasing. I'm checking out for a little while. I'm out. I'm taking care of myself. I'm taking care of my mental health. I'm focusing on my business, my family. Yeah, that that Um, was an ego hit. I mean, for sure. Like I just had to be like, all right. I just went in front of all these business owners and committed to like help organize them against this enemy. And then I realized that the real game to play is you have to keep playing your game. Mm-hmm. They want you playing their game. You have to keep being successful, keep growing, right? You, they can't collapse the economy, right? Like uh, I actually was just on a mentorship call with uh, one of Grant Cardone's executives. And if you don't know who Grant Cardone is, definitely follow him because he's my mentor. He's a billionaire and he sees things very much the way we do. And uh, I was on a call with one of his executives. He's like, if the director or the executive sneezes, the rest of the business gets a cold. He's like, if the director or the executive of a business gets sick, the rest of the business dies. There are no, you know, um, employees that are underperforming, only underperforming leaders, Mm. right? And if we look at how do you actually collapse an economy is we actually destroy the mentalities of the leaders of the businesses. We destroy consumer confidence. We destroy a business's ability to deliver products and services. We disrupt the mind of the leaders. Mm. So I realized that's what was going on with this war. They wanted me to play this protest game. They wanted to take the leaders of the businesses off of the, their game and get them to play theirs. They mm. wanted me to play their game. 
and I had to get back to my game. And now that we have the flow and the money, I can donate, I can support the groups I want to support, I can have the influence, but I can never lose sight of my game, right? So that's kind of what happened. I definitely lost some, some followers when I did that because they all wanted to hear me talk about politics and angry stuff. Right. And I started talking about, hey, man, you got to be improving yourself. You got to be taking care of your family. You got to be looking after your own sphere of control, right? You got to be contributing that way. There's a lot of built up frustration and anger even. And um, we all want to do yeah. something. Yep. Um, we don't know what to do. So we're looking at people to tell us what to do. Yeah. But you're saying, hey, it's, it comes a time you always look back at yourself. Yeah. Take care of your own house. Yeah. And, and attack it from that way. Well, like, think about this, right? That the number one thing that they're stealing right now is people's responsibility for their situation. So they're getting you to point a finger at them. Anyone you point a finger at, you give power to. So if I point a finger at the elite or the liberals or Trudeau or, you know, anybody, George Soros, Bill Gates, the, the WHO, the World Economic Forum, if I point a finger at them, I give them power. So anybody who I assign. Like energetically? Everything. How are you? Well, if I blame, if I, so think about this, right? Like if I, if I want to disempower somebody, so I study the elite, I've been studying the top 1% and and so everything from professional athletes to the best business people in the space, to the best people in my realm, to obviously the elite 0.1%, 0.01%. The way that you disempower someone is you convince them it's not their fault. Because if you can convince them it's not their fault, then they can't fix the situation. So if you tell them that inflation, that the reason you can't afford living, uh, the reason that you can't afford your house, the reason that you can't afford fuel is not your fault. It's the world. Even if, you're, even if they're correctly spotting an enemy, like the World Economic Forum, they're correctly spotting an enemy like Trudeau. If they are, imagine it's a game. Imagine I'm looking at the other team, like they're the reason we're losing, but I have a team on my side. Should I be focused on the opposing team on the other side of the field, or should I be focused on getting my team winning? Boom. That's such a great way to put it. Right? Such a great way to put yeah, it. I need to win. So, but what does the enemy want me to do? This is psychological warfare. They want me to believe that they're all powerful, that we have no chance of winning, and then the war is won before without even firing a shot. So mm. I need to win by leveling my game up. Are there people winning in this market? Yes or no? Yes. There's two groups of people growing on planet Earth. Those in poverty and those who are wealthy. So I just drove across America. I just did a 7,200 kilometer trip from Florida all the way to uh, Vancouver. It cost me like 25 grand. I did it on purpose. Like it would have been way cheaper to just ship the car back and fly home. Right. But I wanted to see America for myself because I've been hearing about how Biden's destroying America, that liberal cities are complete shitholes, that conservative cities are perfect, blah, blah, blah. And I'm living in this chamber. Where I'm like, I'm going to go look at this stuff for myself. And I'll tell you, uh, incidentally, I, I discovered a truth I didn't go looking for. Like I went looking for, or I want to compare the liberal versus the conservative cities. And, and 100%, the conservative cities were in way better shape. They were way less degraded. There was way less dilapidated buildings and people and way less aberration. And there was a lot more, uh, just a lot, it was a, it was a lot better. Is that people were more uptone. There was less of an undertone of aggressiveness. Mm. Especially walking into, I've got to be real, all these like fruit, fruity businesses, like the healthy ones with the, the shakes and the kale and all that stuff. When you got into the, into the Western states, like California and Oregon and Seattle, those businesses had an undertone of like resentment when you walk into them. Interesting. Like people just have this like covert smile on their face, but you can just feel this energy. 
right? And I just did a six month spiritual retreat where I was unplugged from everything. So I could really feel it. Mm. Um, and, but I gotta tell you the conservative cities had shitty areas too. But Megan and I, my wife and I, we drove neighborhoods in all areas. Dallas had areas. I wouldn't let her get out and gas up. I, there was areas in Florida. I wouldn't let my wife get out and go to the gas station. So like, they're not perfect either. Mm -hmm. And I found beautiful areas, you know, uh, San Jose, super liberal city, beautiful, great. No issues. Like, yes, they have some pockets for sure. No different than any conservative city. So I went looking for that. But what I did see was, you know, the oil, I saw the oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico. I drove across the swamps, Louisiana. I saw obviously New Orleans. I saw the port of Baton Rouge. I saw the oil rigs in Texas and I saw all the big business. I saw packed hotels, like five-star hotels. I saw packed high-end restaurants. I saw a booming economy Mm. despite I saw like hotels, the average cost of our hotel was like 800 and something a night. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like (laughs) how are, and there's so many people succeeding. So then I'm like, okay, you're not going to stop this machine. They, this whole idea that this like little group of fascists, the WEF, because Klaus Schwab is clearly a fascist. You just look at his lineage. They're going to stop the almighty American machine and all these smart entrepreneurs and business people. So I started looking at it like a team. Okay. Where are the teams? Okay, the team is all the entrepreneurs, all the free thinkers, all the business people of America who are on the correct side of history, whether they're slightly liberal, conservative, doesn't matter. Are they contributing to society? Are they empowering people? Are they wanting to grow and deliver good products and services? Those guys, problem solvers versus this cabal, this group of elites. Hey, well, I'm I'm, I'm on the side of the entrepreneurs. That's my Mm -hmm. team. That's my team. And I drove across America and I'm like, you're not going to stop this machine. It's massive. And all these people still living their lives, still winning, still investing money, all the restaurants still collecting money, all the hotels still collecting money, all these people still with their own goals and dreams, focusing on expansion and growth and hiring new people and going after their goals and dreams. That class is growing. The wealthy class is growing. The middle class is getting squeezed, right? So I spent way too much time in that middle class that was getting squeezed and I started taking on their mindset, even though I'm not technically by financial means a middle class but i come from the middle class that's those are my people right so i'm like i I need to look at the winners here and 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 then i started realizing like you can't stop these people you can't like they're all the best problem solvers on the planet the best problem solvers on the planet aren't in government right now the government's creating problems would you agree like that's what their job is their job is to put barriers in front of us they're trying to slow down they're trying to create an economic collapse make us dependent make us dependent so they can roll out some kind of socialized programs to buy more voters and, and, and centralized control. I think everybody who's listening already knows that. Mm-hmm. That's their game. But you got to understand, like, and I know this as a business owner, I have plans that I fail at all the time, right? So just because they have plans to take over the world, that doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Can I swear a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah, okay, so yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> so just because they have plans to take over the world doesn't mean they're gonna, they can do it. Like right. I go to my team all the time. I'm like, we got plans. We're going to 25 million. We're going to open this location, that location, this location. I'm a good businessman. I'm better business person, better executor than most politicians. No question. My like the, the numbers are there, right? I still fail all the time. There's counter intention. There's competitors, right? There's marketplace resistance. There's a lot of things that I need to overcome. Okay. So when you saw the leaked documents from the liberal party of here's our plan, we're going to have military roadblocks. We're going to have food shortages. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. Okay. That's mm-hmm. their plan. Mm. But on a soccer field, if it was a soccer game, you got the fucking 
killer entrepreneurs versus all these fucking loser people in the government and some of their cronies in big tech and Silicon Valley, right? It's and and some of the elitists versus all these entrepreneur problem solver people. Okay, they want to collapse everything and create supply chain shortages, but then you have all these business owners who will constantly, they have all their mental power, all their sweat equity to solve those problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what came of all those plans? Because I didn't see any military blockades. And you did see that leaked documents, right? Where they're talking about military blockades and crazy yeah. food shortages and all that stuff. They, we've missed all those dates. Mm -hmm. None of them happened as, as quickly as they said, or some of it happened. Yeah, baby food shortage, uh, toilet paper, this, that, right? That microchips, I've been waiting 10 months on my new truck. Guess what? All the car dealer, all the car dealers are going to go out of business because they got no inventory. Guess what they did? They adapted. My buddy just had his best, my buddy, run, he oversees six stores and my other friend owns that group. They're killing it. What do business people do? They adapt. So whenever you think like, oh, the elite, they're going to roll out this plan. They're going to collapse the currency. Those days are over. This is a free for all. So I'm not in defeatism mode. I'm like, mm. how do I empower the entrepreneurs of this planet? How do I feed my team? I'm not gonna get sucked into the propaganda of the enemy that they're gonna win and we're gonna lose. This is war for me. I got my war paint on. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. And you just switched the entire thing into a, an, an empowering conversation yeah. mentally. Yeah. I wanna win, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want you to win. I mean, this is you why I, I mean? was wanting, that's why you were here. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, want a little bit of this, yeah. Uh, yeah. whatever you got vibing on you. Yeah. Uh, it's like people are attracted to this uh, positive energy yeah. that you've got. We gotta win, man. We gotta win. It's a game, man. Yeah. They're, and, they, and they, okay, great. They, they definitely took some steps forward on us. We lost some ground. But if they don't, if, if, if you're not looking at this thing, seeing the mistakes they're making, they're making so many mistakes. They still mm. got Biden as a president. Mm. They couldn't, their egos are screwing them so hard right now because they should have pulled Biden a long time ago. They, they, they should have had Michelle run because at least she's a good salesman. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, should have oh, had yeah. Michelle run. They should have had somebody else. They should have done Michelle and Bernie. They, they could have manipulated that thing into, they, they got so cocky. They tried to grab so much. They showed us their hand and they're losing their own supporters. So I see so many mistakes on their end right now, right? They tried to shut down before Christmas. I was in the U S they tried to, to, to log. So there's a big port, uh, Long Beach port, California. Okay? okay. That's a major port. It brings in a lot of stuff from Asia. Gavin Newsom's a criminal. Okay. So Gavin Newsom and his cronies and whatever they, you know, pulling levers, they would create some kind of bureaucratic, some kind of red tape situation that's going to cause backlogs with logistics, permits, whatever's going on, shortages with where they can create shortages, where there was a huge backlog at Long, Long Beach Port. So a bunch of goods and services couldn't come in for Christmas, right? All the products from China, mm. all the products from Asia, the clothes from Malaysia and India. So what, did, what happened is you still have good people on our side, like Ron DeSantis in Florida. He's like, well, all the ships that can't get into Long Beach come over to the ports of Florida. Mm. What did that do? Oh, shit. Oh, we better open the port in Long Beach because we're going to lose a bunch of money now. So this, this mm. free market is still working. Right. And, and there are, we have got good guys on our side. So I just see a lot of defeat. I saw a lot of defeatism and then I got super short-tempered. I'll be real because people were messaging me like, you need to wake up. I'm like, I need to wake up. I'm like, I already woke up above the level where you're woken up. Like I was already there. And now I'm like, hey, these guys convinced me they were winning. That's the lie. Mm. They, you know what I mean? It's the yeah. lie within the lie. Right. They convinced me that I was awake because I knew that they were winning. 
winning and winning, taking, and that they were taking over. Right. That was only the first step of waking up. The next step of waking up is realizing, no, we got to take our power back, but it's not through some protest. It's through, le it's through business. It's through commerce. It's through move, getting into influential positions. It's about building our skills and becoming super persuasive. It's about acquiring capital through helping people. Mm -hmm. You need to learn how to do conscious capitalism, like where you're making money, serving good companies, good products, and good services, right? And that's what I'm doing now. It's like I'm looking to level my game up. Anyway. Um, you mentioned you had a spiritual sort of awakening or yeah. something like that. Uh, can you describe that to us and how that worked? So, you know, I, I did a retreat and I won't talk about where that was right now. We'll, we'll wait till the okay. listeners know me a little better. Okay. Uh, but I did a lot of work on myself and basically I did this retreat where they just ask you questions hmm. and they ask you questions on looking at your own situations, mostly where you've messed up and you've lied to yourself. Okay, so imagine I put you on a lie detector. Okay. And I can ask you a bunch of questions based on areas of travail, areas of challenge, areas of emotional and turbulence for you, areas that you're not really confronting. So maybe you're having trouble in your money area or your business or your relationship or whatever. But I'm going to ask you questions that are going to re-stimulate what you've lied to yourself about. And we find some like suppressed emotional charge and we ask you a bunch of questions about that. I basically did that for like six months hmm. where I just had somebody asking me questions to look at my life from a more responsible viewpoint without all the emotion. And I just keep asking you questions like, um, like for example, if it was uh, what you, some something that you were doing that you were not performing well. So let's say you're in business and you're not performing well. We just look for all the excuses you've been telling yourself. Right? Like what justifications mm -hmm. have you been giving yourself? Mm -hmm. What excuse? Oh yeah, how else do you justify not doing well? How else did you justify? How else did you justify? Well, you know, it's not my fault. It's the government. And oh, they did it to me first. That's why I did that to them. And so complete oh, accountability. Complete accountability. And you right. just like let out, I let go of all these these lies. And then I realized like my I guess the the real epiphany that I had was, you know, I remember that this is mental warfare, that the the enemy cannot win this with weapons. They have to collapse the American empire, which Canada is a part of. They have to collapse the Western empire uh, through covert means, through subterfuge, through manipulation. And then I realized, okay, so the very thinking device that I'm using is being influenced. So can I trust my own thoughts? And right. you know what I mean? Like the very thought device that I'm using to look at the problem, they are impacting. And I'm like, okay, that's not the game then. The game is I need to look at who's not being impacted, who's winning. That was my first thing. I have to only listen to people who are winning right now. So I started studying the guys who are winning. Mm. And that's all I listened to. And I actually developed a closed mind, which I know sounds like maybe bigoted or like unenlightened, but I have a closed mind. I don't take advice from very many people. I don't take advice from my parents. I don't take advice from my wife. I don't take advice from my friends. I only get advice and viewpoint from people who are doing way better than me. That makes sense. Cause right now we go on Instagram, we scroll and, Correct, and we download download even subconsciously yeah so many different opinions and it's funny this whole thing as you say it's a, it's a mental warfare the, the people that are running this whole thing are obviously masters of psychology using yeah. almost ancient knowledge in my opinion that's what it is and uh, secret this is this information is passed on through secret societies right and, and they're, that's they're what i started studying so many steps ahead working Correct. probably decades ahead of what we can even conceive yeah and laying things out any way that you would want to figure things out they demonize yeah uh certain certain things 
There's a lot of things that are demonized. That's why right. I'm not telling you where I study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stress kills, and we know that. Yeah. We all believe that. Yeah. The, the absence of stress or thriving can heal. Yeah. And, and if we're all just energetic beings, it's clear that if you get your mind right, you can literally walk, transform you, your, yourself, right? 100%. You can walk through exactly what you just said. You can transform yourself, but you could walk through thorns unscathed. Like literally. Like literally. Like I'm a master of my universe, right? Like, but only one step at a time, right? So like I can't become a master. I'm not going to overnight like watch The Secret, visualize a Ferrari and have a master of rea reality. I have to learn who is a master of reality, right? Well, and study what skills do they have? What knowledge do they have? And I'm going to where do they learn? How do they look at the world? I'm not going to take on, you know, I'm always going to like look to take on their ethics or something. Like there might be some people who I learn from, but I don't necessarily take on all their viewpoints, right? Like I don't get personal training or health advice from Grant Cardone, even though he's in really good shape for 64. The guy's a beast. But I have an advisor for that area of my life. So, but like I'm looking to basically reprogram my energy so that because when you go into a victim mind, you become a sponge and you suck in um, like people have the wrong, like there's more to karma than just good and bad. You got to understand that it's ultimately the energy you're emanating. So if you're emanating that, that you're a victim, that you're at effect, then you will pull in more effects. You will pull in, you will, you literally invite that stuff onto you. Mm. So you have to slowly gain control of being cause again. And you're not going to do that by trying to control the government. That's too far away from you. The first thing you need to learn how to control is like, okay, what do you put in your mouth? What time are you waking up? Or what time are you going to bed? Easier than what time are you waking up? It's easier to control what time you go to bed. You can figure that one out. Going, waking up's easier, right? Like what time are you waking up? You learn to control you. Then you look to control your household. Tidy it up. Clean it up. Clean up your car. Like learn to gain control over a small realm. Then look to gain control over your business world. That's where most people fall down. They get into business and then they become effect of their boss. They become effect of the company. They become effect of the economy and then they stop leveling up. They get out of school and they stop being a pro. Sorry, not stop being a pro. They don't become a pro like an athlete. So I studied athletes, athletes practice, drill and rehearse and study game playing footage every day. And that's why they make millions of dollars. You don't have to become an athlete to become a millionaire. You just have to do what athletes do. What did they do? Well, if I was a hockey player, what, what did the kid do? He played hockey from age four to age 17, right? I'm not a hockey guy, but that's probably yeah. the age group, okay? Somebody invested money in equipment for him for those 13 years. Someone invested their Sundays and Saturdays taking him to tournaments and, and Tuesday and Thursday nights taking him to practice. They bought him new skates and equipment every two years or one year because he outgrew it. They paid for hockey camps. They paid for jerseys. They games every weekend. Food, games every weekend. Someone <laughs> yeah. invested time, energy, yeah. and money in an asset, like a kid's skill. His, this kid was an asset. Someone invested time, energy, and money. Did they take a return on all that? No. It cost them fuel. It cost them tickets. It cost them camp fees. It cost them all the money. And that kid developed that skill with practice and energy and everything for 13 years. Then they went and took that asset and they advertised it. What they do? What kind of school do they put the kid in? One where he's going to be seen by scouts, right? So they put the kid in Kingston where he's going to play on an OHL team or the Kitchener Rangers or right. And then, then the NHL scouts are going to come by and be like, oh, boom. Then all of a sudden the kids get, the kid gets 900 grand or a million dollars a year for a salary. And everyone else looks at it 
our awake people, oh, look, it's it's a control system. That's why they pay them so much money. They're trying to distract us. Uh, no, it's a basic fundamental and tenant of economics. Someone took a skill and an asset and invested in it for 13 years. Time, energy, didn't take a return on it. It appreciated in value to a massive level, to a level that's of value to you and me. We watch these players and we're inspired because they, we know that if we have that in us, we can achieve something if we just focus for that period of time. And that's what attracts attention. If it attracts attention, it attracts money. Because mm. attention equals money. Mm -hmm. Money mm -hmm. equals attention. Right. So then they put this, this kid makes a million dollars a year. And boom, he could he does it for 10 years. And he keeps practicing drilling, getting better, and hiring better coaches and better trainers. And he keeps investing in this skill set. And all of a sudden, now all these companies want to advertise with him. And he becomes a multi-million dollar uh, player. And hopefully he learns something about money so he's not broke after this, the game's done. Right? That is how I look at my career. Right? The marketplace is full of people who go to school, they get indoctrinated, they don't get educated, they don't build real skills, they never studied what do the top one percenters know how to do. Like, what do the top one percenter hockey, hockey players know how to do? Okay, their, skill, their skating skills, their deking skills, their shooting skills, their passing skills, their fitness. They have a set of skills that they're trying to build and they have a camp to build that. Our schooling system's not that camp. Our schooling system's not designed to do that. Mm -hmm. So. I'm not going to complain about that right now. I'm going to fix that in the future. That's actually what I'm going after. I'm going after the education system. You fix that, you fix a lot. Mm. Fix the people, mm. the problem solved. So I'm like, okay, my career, I'm just going to build my career that way, like a hockey player. Okay, what are the most important skills that you can learn on planet Earth? Okay, persuasion, no question. If you don't learn persuasion skills, you'll probably never be rich. Negotiation, different than persuasion. Negotiation mm. is how to, put, how to relax people, how to speak to them uh, with technical empathy, Right? How to understand their perspective and then come to an agreement. The actual definition per Webster's is uh, bringing something about via communication, right? Like to bring a situation, uh, to create a situation or to create an outcome through communication. That's negotiation. Okay. Mm. So we have negotiation, persuasion, sales, the ability to, to uh, help people relax, find their problems, and offer a solution. That's selling, right? To convince somebody to a way of thinking. Then you have how to actually build discipline and habits, right? You know, that, that's another important skill that is amongst the elite of the elite, okay? And then we have other ones, marketing, investing, and networking, okay? These are all major things. So if I'm going to be influential on planet Earth, that's, those are what I have to learn. And that's how I go about my career, and that's how I'm going about changing the world because, like, I'm not going to change the world from the bottom of the pyramid. I've got to climb the pyramid, and then I can influence it from the top down. You don't change a company by changing the staff. You change a company by changing the leaders. Unfortunately, I'm not a fit leader. That's what I, that was my epiphany last year. If I can't run a $100 million business, how am I going to run a trillion-dollar country? Right? If I can't expand and, and keep my life in order, how am I going to be trusted to take care of all these other people? So that's going to take me 10 years. Right. I'm probably already two or three years into it, but like it's probably going to take me another seven or eight years to get to a point where I will run. Right. First is become a massive businessman, then study. And now I'm actually already starting to study entertainment. I started studying artists because, in order to become a great politician, you need to know how to get attention. Right. This Anyways, interview. So this is the game I'm playing. This Just so you guys know what the game I'm playing. And, this, and, and we need more people playing this game. We need guys doing this, not getting rich and then your country club and your fancy cars and all that shit. That's how we got here. That's how we got here, man. Like everyone's blaming the government. Like, dude, we're all the business leaders in Canada 
all these guys like me right now, 10 years in the future, or not even now, now I could retire. I could like, my businesses will run. I could go live, do whatever you already see. I already do what I want. I go mm. to Florida, I go here, I go there. That's how we got here. We didn't get here because all the politicians were on the same side and all these stories. We got here because a bunch of business guys got greedy and cocky and gave our country away. Our own team turned on us and now they're all waking up and they're like, oh my God, we need to take responsibility for our country, mm. right? And we have a bunch of guys like me who all they cared about was their country club, their cars and everything else. And they didn't get into politics and they didn't take care of the community that allowed them to get rich in the first place. Mm. So I blame myself. Mm. Anyway, sorry. It's, it's inspiring to watch you um, grow into that, you know, having watched you this, this in the short time that yeah. I followed you on Instagram. Well, you watch the pivot mm -hmm. and so far this is, I'm eight months into the pivot. I'm eight months into taking my attention from, okay, my government's abusing me, which they are. My government's taking advantage of the money I give them every month. My government is misappropriating the funds. They are violating their commitment to the people. Okay, we know this. Okay, what can I do about it? That's what we're eight months into. Mm. And it's like, I need to, I'm playing chess here, not checkers. I can't, all right. And I'm going to be doing some things. So there's a few things. I'm releasing a book called School of the 1%. Um, that'll be released this summer. And I just released another book called Blueprint Your Life. And it's a bit of a controversial book because it's a goal setting book, but it has a lot about what you and I just talked about. And it's about how to basically gain control of your life again without, it's like how to pick your mentors, how to pick your friends. Like most of us, 20% of our friends are toxic mm. and not in a good way. Not just like they're toxic because they're down in the dumps, but they're actually toxic. They don't actually want us to succeed. Mm. Jealous. So, and, so yeah. I, exactly. I have a passive aggressive, covertly hostile, right? Multiple personality where they give you one face behind to your face and they give you someone else a completely different personality right? Like you need to know how to, these people are what causes a lot of people's fall downs in business and in their careers, right? How to, how to pick who you get advice from. We're not, where's the education on that? I don't listen to rebel. I like rebel news. It's better than it's at least a more true picture of what's going on on the planet. Right. But if, but if after you watch your information, you feel more disempowered, whether you're afraid of the flu or if you're afraid of tyranny, either way you're afraid. Mm. And if the outcome of the information is fear, it's not good information. Yeah, and that's pretty much everyone right now. Everyone's yeah. afraid. And yeah. I'll put myself in that category too, yeah. which is why um, I love having this time with you. Yeah. Um, because. Yeah, sorry if it's been a soapbox. I just. No, no. I'm it's, not trying it's, to it's preach. Great. This just, is what I want. I mean, yeah. people can listen to me every other day. This yeah. is You're here for a very short yeah. amount of time. Yeah. I, I, because yeah, I do feel that I yeah. have got two young kids, three kids, two yeah. of them are very young. Yeah. Um, and a family and this new app business and I want it to explode. And, but if, if my, if my energy is, yeah, is of the fear of what's coming in the fall and all these different things, um, yeah, I'm not going to be able to accomplish that. Yeah. You know, imagine you're at the gym and you're working out and you have a goal, like, cause you're a fitness guy and you wanted to be a bodybuilder or something, you got a competition coming up. And I need to take you off of that goal, okay? Because the way that they win is by resetting the financial system. The way that happens is you destroy consumer confidence. Money, as long as it's flowing, even if there's too much of it in the system, as long as there's an exchange going on, money is good. It, 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 
that's how the system keeps going. If you look at how they destroyed the markets in 1929, in 2008, everyone was plugged into the same sources of information. There was the newspapers and the television. In 08, you had a little bit of social media. But if, if you wanted truth, you had to dig on the internet. Mm. You know what I mean? People weren't plugged in to what they are now. So that it was very easy to destroy consumer confidence and convince everybody to hold on to their money. As soon as mm. you hold on to your money, everything collapses. So we need to keep people transacting and going about business in a normal way. Okay. So that's what they're trying to do to these business owners is they're trying to get everybody to stop spending, to stop doing business. And you do that by creating fear, right? If they can, if they can decrease everybody's ability to feel confident in spending and investing and playing a future game, then everything collapses. Okay. So if you're at the gym now, and if, if I want to disrupt you from winning the championship and I come in and I light the building on fire, your attention goes from the future goal of this three month in the future uh, competition that's coming up to the immediate threat in the environment now. And you completely forget about your three month goal. Okay. Mm. That is how it's done on a global scale. You have all these people who had long-term goals. The longer the person thinks in terms of time, the generally the more in control of their life they will be. Churches, for example, they make investments based 100 years at a time. Banks make investments 40 to, for, uh, 35 to 40 years at a time. Hmm. The poorest people you know, if you ask them how much money they make, they tell you what they make per hour. The next group tells you what they make per paycheck. The next group tells you what they make per month. As a business owner, I lost money for two, two years right? Because I was looking for a good decade, mm -hmm. right? So like the longer they think in terms of time, generally they, that it gain, gives you more control. If you can mm. start thinking in terms of time, longer periods of time, you can start playing a much more strategic game. So for me in my career, I could have gone into an industry that maybe paid more early, but I'm like, no, I'm going to do a job that's going to level my skills up a lot. Maybe, and it might not make as much money now, but if I build this skill now and then next year I'm going to do these skills and then next year I'm going to get a job or take a position that's going to help me build these skills. By the time I'm here, I'll have all the, all the skills of a CEO and then I can make crazy money. So I'm willing to take a short term, right? I live my life in chapters. I'm willing to go through these chapters three or four years. Like look at a hockey player, right? That, that kid made no money for five, six, 10 years for this big payoff. So the longer you look at time, the more control you end up having. This is how they control the population. They scare the shit at you. They get you thinking about the fall. What's coming in the fall? What's coming in the fall? Mm -hmm. Instead of you thinking, what's going on next year? Where's my show and my podcast going to be next year? Where do I need to be in three years? Instead of thinking about that show, you're thinking about the threat they created in the environment. So the way that you control population is you get them to think the environment is threatening. You get them to think the environment is scary. You get them to think the environment's dangerous. And then their attention is on the danger that they're creating. And it's just smoke and mirrors, most of it. Think about this. How much of your life was actually, like for the listeners, how much of your life was actually negatively impacted during COVID? Like, and I know some people got screwed, but were those people you? Like actually you? And were you impacted for uh, as long of a period of time as you actually were? Or was it just like a, a momentary blip? Like you lost your job or something like that? Were you afraid for 10 months before you lost your job? Because if you were going to lose your job, you probably should have only been afraid for a couple of weeks. The week you lost your job and a couple of weeks before you found the next job. That should have been the only slice of fear. But instead, they had you afraid for a year, right? What was my negative impact? Hey, they shut my business down. Good. We reopened. Okay. 
I had to wear a mask in a store. Okay. I had to, but they had us convinced this is the beginning of the end. This is, this is the tyranny. 1984 is coming. My friend, (laughs) microchips, this, that, right. They're going to be, uh, going to be eating insects by the end of the year. There's going to be Roblox. Sorry. So like, that's how they get you. They get you to take away. You're no longer thinking about your future. And then they put your future there. So they get you obsessed with this short-term roadblock. So imagine in front of me, I have all the space and the space in front of me is the future. They get me to be very short-sighted. So I'm looking here and then they put the future in for me now. So I have to like see the roadblock. Okay, what am I going to do to handle that? Okay, I am a problem solver. I'll handle this, get some advice from wealthy, successful people, not your broke-ass friends, not your broke-ass parents who make less money than you or the same amount or whatever. Don't take advice from house league players. The government has created these momentary stops. I'm a nurse. I've lost my job. I'm um, a doctor. I've lost my job. I'm an airline pilot. I lost my job. Okay, well, you're a brilliant person. You obviously succeeded to become a nurse. That takes a lot of education, a lot of discipline. Great. Time to pivot, dude. Oh, I'm a victim. You know, this isn't fair. I got it. It's not fair. Look at history. History's not been fair to a lot of people. How are you going to handle it now? I get it, dude. It sucks. Totally understand. This is what people didn't want to hear from me. Mm-hmm. Dude, all right, got it. You got screwed. It's an injustice. Do you, are you, or I'm going to go to court for 10 years. Okay, maybe go to court, but maybe just on the side. What industry are you pivoting into? Let's go. You're a smart person. Oh, well, you know, and they're listening to their friends and getting advice from the wrong people and all their broke friends and they're on Rebel News and they're on, which I like, by the way, I'm a fan, but, they're, but it's, just, it's just an echo chamber. Right. And they're reading about conspiracy. I'm wearing a tinfoilhat.com and they're on that website and they're downloading more and more fear. And now, oh, I'm a victim, I'm a victim. And you've lost. Right. When all they had to do is go to a billionaire, go to a mentor, go to a professional development guy, go hell, go to Tony Robbins, go to Gary Vaynerchuk, get a message. Hey man, go pay for a course. Take your credit card instead of going and buying some weed and telling me that you're enlightened because it's helping you. Go spend that money on some advice. <laughs> go buy some advice, dude. Go get high on some advice. Right. Don't get high on the weed, which they want. They didn't mm. make lead weed legal for no reason. I thought the timing of that was pretty uh, interesting. Of course it was right. perfect timing, legal right? Legal and then boom. Boom, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get everybody high. Don't buy <laughs> weed. Go spend $300 on a course from some wealthy dude and be like, hey, and, and get on his mentorship call and be like, dude, I just lost my job. And you know what he's going to tell you? Okay, time to man up, man. Time to roll up your sleeves. What are your skill sets? Okay, good. I would go into this industry. Let's go. Medical sales. You're a nurse? Boom. Medical sales. Let's do this thing. Okay. Hey, medical this. Hey, oh, you're a, you're an airline pilot. Okay. Awesome. Let's get into aviation or avionics equipment and blah, blah, blah. Why don't we go work for one of those companies? Time to pivot, bro. And then, okay, boom. So you have the short-term barrier that the government created. Now you're getting advice from someone wealthier, more successful than you on how to handle that. And then it's like, okay, what's your goals long-term versus you become obsessed with their game. You get stuck in, into protests and litigation and playing their game, which they're way better at than you are. They're way more convincing. Anything you do from an, a, a protest perspective, an awareness perspective, what are they going to do? They're going to make you villainized. They're going to cover your, they've got a beautiful marketing and media machine that's going to make you look like a nut job. They're going to make you look like crazy. They're going to minimize your numbers on the media. They're not going to cover you in the news. They're going to spin you as a fringe minority. And you're going to probably lose that game. Okay. So what you should do, and, and I'm not saying there's not a point for that, show up to the protests, be, be there in numbers, but that's like 5% of your energy. The other 95% is what's my long-term vision. Because if I get stuck in that game, then you know what they're doing? Your goals get, become three months at a time. 
And then they're putting your goal for you mm. long-term. They stole your future. And now it's very easy for them to energetically create the future they want you to go through. Cause they'll just create problem by problem and lead you down the path they want you to go in. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's it, like, a, it's like, dude, it's like 40 chess or like four dimensions, fourth dimensions mm -hmm. time. Right. So you got to think with time. Anyway, yeah. I, hopefully I'm not overwhelming. Dude, no, no, this is great. No. And as, <laughs> as my mind is racing as yeah. you, as you're dropping these knowledge bombs, yeah. because you know, here I am, I've just launched this app yeah. and I want to bring people together yeah. and I love talking to people and getting information yeah. and, 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 and so it, it's, it makes me think about where I want the direction of this app to be. We tried waking people up last summer before the trucker convoy. They did not want to hear it. I took such a loss, man. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I freaked they like I lost that battle straight up. Mm. Right. Then when the trucker convoy happened, I'm like, okay, okay, Canada. Well done. You know what? I, all right. Yeah, dude, you guys. All right. I, I was like the injured guy on the side of the field. Like, mm. oh, the cavalry, cavalry's arrived. Like, good, go on, boys. Like, I'm like, the legless, like <laughs> I'm like the legless dude, right. you know? Uh, but um, yeah, for you, like, same thing, man. Like, it's all about who do you listen to? You know, in business, man, all I can say is this, like, promote, promote, promote. Lots of activity, lots of action. You know, that's what they don't want you doing. They do not want you taking lots of activity. They want you slow. They want you stoned. They want you drunk. They want you not taking a lot of action. I'm so glad you live up to everything I hoped you would be. Cool, man. In person, <laughs> right? All right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. like even, uh, you know, even though I, I, I quickly scrolled your Instagram uh, yeah. before you came in. I'm like, yeah. oh, I should probably do better, to be real. I kind of like, I get emotional sometimes and then I just like feel, I just dump on there. You know what I mean? I don't, well, I'm not saying I, there's I a time and a place well. for all that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and of course it's, we're going through passionate times. Yeah. But you seem to be a guy who's like adapting and looking for small wins in the beginning, man. Right. Like everybody, anyone who's listening, you go clean your car. Like go clean it, armor all the tires. Don't just run it through a car wash, clean the brake dust off the rims, armor all the tires, vacuum that shit, clean the inside of the glass, get a good product done. And you know what that signals to the brain? What you're, what you're looking for on Instagram, you need to get the slow way. You got to wean yourself off all these hits on social media, the dopamine hits that you're getting, right? Mm. Like, you, like what the, everything that the porn is giving you, you need to like get the slow way with your wife. You need to build into that. You need to have the hard conversations and make it a real conversation again. You need to get the reality back in the relationship, mm -hmm. which sometimes means you're going to go through some hard conversations, Right. But you need to like, you need to earn your dopamine and I'm not going to get into this whole, like, you know, all these self-help speakers. Oh, I'm on the dopamine diet. Like don't get so complicated with this stuff, but like earn control little by little, go clean your car. You know, I'm looking for little wins, man. I clean my car, I clean up my house, did all the gardening. Like I, you know, maybe my, brought my in-laws in to do the gardening, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I put order into my closet, threw out a bunch of clothes. You're getting momentum. I'm looking for momentum. I'm looking, I'm looking to wake up in a world that's a little better than the one I went to sleep in. And if I don't do work, I wake up in a world that's, that's, um, moldy. That's old. That's right. Like, take a house. Don't live in it for three years. Come back to it. Gross. It grows a film. Right. Mm. There's moss on things. The windows are disgusting. The seals and the windows start cracking. Right. There's this, the weeds somehow grow through the cement, even though it wasn't like walking on the cement kept the weeds out, but somehow, right. Mm -hmm. So your life's the same way. Work is not the enemy. And that's the thing is like, people think work is the enemy, right? It's like, dude, if you don't work, the world you wake up in, you don't love. 
But when you work and get something done, tomorrow when you wake up, you wake up to that thing being there now. If you want your future to be there, you need to put it there today. And every day, you just get something done, get something done, get something done. And anything that prevents you from being cause, I'll give you something good, and then I'll, well, you can do what you want. But survival, the word survival is to persist or endure through time. And then you break that word down. To persist, right, would be to continue despite obstacles or difficulties. Mm. So to survive would be to continue, right, despite obstacles or difficulties through time. It's like, okay, so that means that if I'm going to continue through time, that means that I can't have outside forces steering me. Because that's, right. right, like if my body's degrading, if my household's degrading, it's not surviving. So I have to stay at cause. If I'm going to stay at cause, the first thing I, I stay cause over, my body. Make sure that it's always there. I'm always looking to build it, grow it. Then my house, make sure I'm in control of that. Make sure that it's staying through time. If, I, if it's not staying through time, you get clothes building up, you get things breaking. You know, if I see a light bulb in my household that's burnt out, like change it. Like I'm just, I want to be in control. Mm-hmm. I want to be in control. I don't want the universe happening to me. Oh, that's what happens. All this woke crap. Go with the flow, bro. No, man. I am the flow. I am the energy source. Right? So I want to be in control. So like, I don't let my world happen to me where I can control it. Right? And then I'm, and then I'm always out on the fringe, pushing the envelope of what can I control. But I don't take six steps forward like I did with the government. Like I'm looking to control my company now. And then after I control my company, I'm going to look to control my community. Right? How can I influence the, the, the members of the board of parliament for Coquitlam? Right? And once I learn how to control that, okay, how can I control my province? Just constantly pushing the barriers of what I can control. But the mm. first thing I start with is my car, and my house. I'm a car mm. guy, so I obviously mm. say car. Right. car, house, body, diet, yeah. wife, yeah. skills at work, skills in business. And then I'm just constantly looking to expand my reality. And that's why I say it'll take me probably 10 years before I can run a country mm. or, or a state. Yeah. Maybe I'll go run a, run a state. Arizona would be great to run. Yeah. A cool place to live. Yeah. Yeah. You That's are, what I'm looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think more cool. people, we need more guys doing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you're obviously your mentor. You yeah. have mentors. Yeah. At the very beginning, uh, you said that you were like on drugs and you had this really arrested a few times. You yeah, had this, three this, times before I was 21, I was arrested. So, and then, and then how, when was like the moment where you just sort of. <laughs> uh, it doesn't path? make any sense why okay. this was the moment because I saw. I had my buddy, he drowned. He fell out of a canoe. I have a cigarette burn from him still on my arm. Okay. I, like I, I had that happen. I had a friend, another friend die in a car crash. Uh, I had friends steal weed plants from me because I was a pothead back in the day. Right. And I had my friends steal my weed plants. One of my buddies slept with my girl. Like all these indicators that my life was going wrong. None of those were the clicking point. And I had started doing, and what's funny, I got into personal development first, by the way. I got into like, Secret and Tony Robbins and all these success books, but I was still hanging around that twenty percent. We're talking. I was talking about that. I talk about in my book. Mm. That's you know that that parasitical twenty percent. I still had those people in my life, and so I couldn't get away. And I got into drugs. First, it started with weed, and then it started and booze, and then it turned into like experimenting with other stuff like mushrooms. Then it turned into MDMA and cocaine, and then I was doing MDMA like every weekend. It's a very dangerous drug. It's a completely delusional drug. Mm. And I, I saw that Joe Rogan had some guy promoting it on there. I'm like, dude, people don't need that. It's a shortcut. 
like build it the long way, man, because mm. it leads somewhere dangerous. So I ended up doing MDMA like three times a week for like a whole year. Wow. And that's dangerous because it's serotonin, what it does to your serotonin and dopamine levels. You know, and I was doing cocaine and then I was, I was high probably Saturday, every Sunday. I was drunk on Tuesday and Thursday. So like five to six nights a week, I was inebriated and I had a couple days of sobriety. And luckily I was exercising a lot at the time. So at least detoxing. But um, my friend called me on a Wednesday night and it's like, he's like, hey man, I got some good stuff. And I think it was MDMA mm. on a Wednesday night. And I just had this alarm bell go off in my head. It was like, yo, it's Wednesday. You're going you're gonna to go pop Molly on a Wednesday in a parking lot? Like, dude, I think you have a problem. <laughs> Literally, I swear to God, that was it. Not the friend screwing me over. Did not you say like, that to him or that was a thought? No, head. it was a thought in my head. And, and he was lit. Like, when you're on Molly, you sound like, you know, everything's gooey. Like, oh, hey, man. You know? <laughs> and uh, he's like, dude, I got some good stuff, man. Like, come talk, you know. And I'm like, it's Wednesday. You have a problem, Corey. And I'm like, hey, man, no, I can't come out. And I made a decision. That was December 18th, or sorry, sometime right before Christmas. And then I said, uh, no, I'm not doing this. I'm leaving in my head. And then uh, I got stoned one more time. (laughs) 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 What a stupid 20-year-old kid, you know? I'm like, New Year's, I'm going to go buy a bunch of whatever it was at the time. I think I had a bunch of cocaine. And I'm like, New Year's Eve, that's it. Right. And I haven't touched anything since New Year's Eve 2010. Wow. Just quick cold turkey. Moved wow. across the country. I'm like, and I knew. I'm like, my friends are the problem. I'm the problem, but my friends are the problem. I'm, not I'm, I'm adapting to my environment, and I need to not do that. I need to adapt. Where were you living at that time? That was in Cambridge, Ontario. Cambridge, okay, yeah, yeah. Moved out here, took a door-to-door, man, uh, a door-to-door job. Guy promised me living accommodations and all this got out here. He's like, why don't you guys just live in the shop? Because we had a warehouse. Right. I ended up living in a warehouse with six dudes for on top of like the offices like wood floor like we lived i if you go to my youtube channel it's like revisiting the warehouse where i used to live i actually take you up to where i slept and it was like in this little cell on top of this wood floor there was no heat and i was there in february and january or february right so we had to turn the heat up in the offices below and it would hopefully heat up the ceiling enough to keep your air mattress warm and i slept in that for eight months worked seven days a week not not hyperbole actually worked seven days a week door to door yeah door to door running a door to door team and I was, I was fit at the time and I had an ability to public speak. And, and that's when I realized how easy it is to like lead people because they're just looking for anybody. Mm. And I like started leading people and I had a good public speaking ability and a good sales ability because I've been studying all these sales books at the time. I've been studying, but doing drugs for mm. like two years. So I'm like, okay, I got a skill I'm going to bank on here. I'm not going to go hard on this thing. I'm just going to study the elite, elite salespeople, elite performers in business Three years later, I was the youngest executive at Ledcor. And you know Ledcor, they're downtown Vancouver. Right. They're like four billion. And uh, I just started studying and doing hard shit. I treat my treat it like a gym. Like I'm gonna mm. door to door was like a hard workout for the mind. Built persuasion skills, ability to deal with rejection, emotional discipline. Like sales jobs build so much discipline if you hang out with the right people. So that's how I turned my life around. I quit, I quit drugs cold turkey, literally December first. Took this crazy job, was going through withdrawals, quit alcohol, quit smoking uh, tobacco, quit smoking everything. And then I just hustled. And then it, it goes, you know, well, we could do another cast. But like after that, then I was super crispy because I worked for eight months straight. I made no money. I ended up getting screwed financially as well, but I got sober. Right. And I got a lot of skills. 
um, because door to door builds crazy skills. And uh, then I ended up going to a Buddhist retreat. I did 11 days in the desert with some Buddhists where wow. I didn't, didn't talk for, it's called Vipassana. It was like a meditation retreat. Oh, I've heard of those things. Yeah, don't talk. I, did, I did 11 days of that. Wow. And then, uh, then I went and lived on a Harry Krishna farm in Australia. <laughs> I did a whole bunch of stuff. And, and then I came back the next year and I came back as a competitive door knocker where I competed in these national competitions. I was unstoppable. Cold calling, cold knocking. Cold knocking in neighborhoods competitively against like 1,500 people across the country. I didn't right. know that was a thing. Oh, dude, door to door is like an underground. It's like a whole, <laughs> it's like a whole sport. Like if you're, <laughs> if you're 18 years old, if you're 18 to 30 and you're like, don't know what to do with your career. Hell, I, I run a door to door like um, league, I guess you could say right now. And we bring guys in. They don't know how to speak. They don't know how to shake your hand. They don't know how to make money. They're dressed like shit. They got no money. And six months later, they're making 12, 15, 20 grand a month. They're well-dressed. They're well-spoken. They know how to handle rejection. They can handle, hey, I'm not interested. Sir, of course you're not interested. It's a cold call. When's the last time you were interested in a cold call? Never. Totally, I get that. And that's, that's actually my industry's fault. Other than the fact that it's a cold call, is there any, any reason you wouldn't hear me out for 30 seconds? Like you just know how to handle everything, wow. right? Wow. So you run a league. I run, yeah, yeah. It's called Yesa, Young Entrepreneurs. Okay, I've heard, okay yeah, yes. Young Entrepreneurs yeah. Sales Academy. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, and I think on your website, because I checked it out, um, it's what they don't teach you in school. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. How to make money. Right. How to how to how do you speak to the opposite sex? No one teaches you that. You teach that in Yesa? Well, well when they once they learn the basics, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's confidence. Knowing yeah. how to talk to people. Knowing how to talk right. to people, but you need to know the dynamic. Women are attracted to survival value. Men are attracted to replication value. As soon as you understand that basic, right, then you understand that a woman's not going to be interested in you if you're ditching your purpose and your game to pursue her, right? Mm, so as right. soon as you teach men that, one takes a little longer to implement than it does to learn. But like there's, yeah, a lot of basics we teach our guys because these are life skills. Mm -hmm. Like I get involved sometimes with the personal life of my people. Like what's going on in your personal life? How can I help? Because that's how I am where I, like we, be, you know, like I said, we'll do probably 12, 13 million bucks this year. And uh, I went and I brought in an advisor because we plateaued um, around like seven, 800 grand a month at the time. And I brought in, uh, who's my mentor? He's from Clearwater, Florida. And uh, he's like, man, he's like, you guys are like a $10 million company, but you're structured like a $2 million company. You're missing so much structure and standard process and everything. He's like, it's incredible. He's like, it speaks to your people and their, their clarity and their focus and their drive and their ability to be autonomous. It's like, how do you get them there? Well, I got them to get the rest of their life in order. So he's like, okay, well, he's like, we're going to put structure in on this thing and it's going to blow up. And since he's been in, we've grown another 30 or 40% in the last couple months. Wow. So that's why I'm like, you help your, you, you have to put your people on the right knowledge. And I, first thing I do when people start in our company is we get them off the news, whether it's, we don't generally attract people who are on mainstream, but I get them off podcasts that have nothing to do with their development. I'm like, you listen to Grant Cardone. You listen to Corey George and you listen to, you know, depending on who, wh which company they work with, and you might listen to this Chris Voss guy on negotiation. These are your sources of school for the next year. Mm. That's what we do. Okay, great. Once we get that in, which gets you making money, great. Now we're going to get you, your health basics in. And I was like, oh, it starts with health. No, it doesn't. If you don't have any money, you don't have to get about buying the organic food, mm -hmm. right? So right. we get the money in, their ability to make money, their ability to dress and present themselves, then health then relationships and we help them put it together. And my goal is to come up with a school that does that. Right? Wow. Yeah. And they make money at the same time. And Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone Canada. Yeah. How did you meet him? Yeah. Grant Cardone Canada, just to give you a scope financially, yeah. and it's not about money, but just to give you a, so a scale. 
Grant Cardone Canada is about $5 million business. Grant Cardone in America is like a $130 million company. Wow. And all they do is they teach all the stuff I'm talking about, negotiation, sales. They go into businesses and fix their broken processes and broken leadership and broken management. And they help these businesses revive themselves, right? And they teach them about marketing and advertising and closing deals and how to actually serve your customers without upsetting them. And how do you acquire new clients without bugging the hell out of them? That's what they teach. So we're building one of the, we built one of those here and we go into businesses and we sell our products and services to help their salespeople close more deals, get their salespeople off distraction. I'm like, dude, these business owners, I'm like, you guys aren't competing with the store across the street. As a business owner, you're competing with Instagram. Because did you know the average employee is using four hours a day of social media consumption on your dollar? That's the average. The average individual consumes four hours of social media a day, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then they're, and then they're complaining wow. about the price of fuel. Yeah. Oh, oh, the price of gas. Dude, you, can, you wasted four hours today on Instagram. You wasted, you wasted four hours today. Don't talk to him. Don't complain. How much did you read about money? How much did you read about improving your, your skills? How do you, oh, my company underpays me. What did you do to become more valuable for your employer? By the way, you're lucky to have a job because I go to countries and they'd be like, they're begging for work. So don't take your job for granted because as soon as the economy collapses, you're going to be wishing you had that job. Mm. This is a responsibility thing, right? Yeah. So anyway, I don't, I don't know where I was going, but um, you know, what's going on in the marketplace is like business owners are not competing with each other anymore. They're competing with big tech for their own employees' attention. I tell, I tell people this all the time because we sell sales training, management training. Like, oh, I don't, I don't believe training doesn't work. I'm like, I don't think you see what's going on planet Earth. It clearly works. We just got an entire country to wear four masks outside. Training completely right. works, right? And if you train your people or someone else will. Wow. You train your staff, you put them on a Cardone University, which is our program, or you put them on our Dave Anderson leadership program or someone else on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok is going to train them for you. Which one do you want to do? That's the fight I'm fighting here is like, we need to turn these Canadian companies into winners. That's the whole thing. Back to the game, right? All right. WEF, big tech, China, CCP, right? Enemies of, of democracy and enemies of the free republic on one side, like Star Wars. On the other side, we have guys, business titans, not quite as big, but we have business owners, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, even activists. They've got a place in the battlefield. There's mm -hmm. a purpose for them. Right. Us versus them. So my thing is like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this 1% mentality and share it and empower my team, make them better, sharper, faster, stronger, more impermeable, more emotionally enduring, more socially intelligent, more persuasive. Okay, you, you get Trudeau another haircut, I'm going to get my boys more persuasive. We'll see who wins this game long-term. <laughs> so that's what we're doing with Grant Cardone Canada is we're, we, we sell the companies and we get their salespeople thinking like this. Hmm. We get their managers thinking like this. They show up, you go to we them. Do online, to we do online. We put them on online training because you don't get in shape from a personal trainer coming to your house once a month. These guys got to practice and drill every day. Get on Cardone University, do 15 to 20 minutes a day, take notes. Don't have on your phone because you don't learn that way. You don't learn by checking your messages in the middle of the lesson, right? You don't build any, any muscle that way. So we put them on Cardone U every day, and then we do monthly trainings with them. And then now we're going to be opening up the boot camps. Like I'm going to start doing in-person trainings and workshops for people because I've been doing that for my staff, but now I'm going to open it to the public. Hmm. But that's what we do. And hey, what if you don't work at a big, what if you're just a person who, uh, we do individual programs. Individual, well. Okay. Like we sell the program that we sell individuals is like 
1400 bucks. The program that we sell companies, like companies, we have businesses that, you know, spend 50, 60,000 a month with us because they have 50, 100, 200, 300, 500 staff on the program. Mm -hmm. So we do it with individuals and we do it with, with corporations as well. And like I said, right, like you can't follow any of these schools with us. Like corporations are the problem. Like, no, we got, we, you're going to, if you're going to wake people up, if there's going to be a transformation on this planet, you're going to do it through business, not against mm. business. Mm. Yeah. Free, free enterprise is the solution to what we need to do. We just haven't had a free enterprise system. It's been skewed. And this hat you're wearing. 10X. The 10X hat. 10X, man. Uh, about, that's a part of Grant the. Grant Cardone. Okay. It's Grant Cardone. It's a movement. And what 10X means, it's a multiplier. So it's like multiplying everything that you think you need to do. Like, so for your app, I, you should be thinking your goal should be 10 times bigger than you actually think. Hmm. And you should think about, all right, how would I achieve? So if your goal was like, I want to have a million followers by this point, I want to have this many users, this much uh, revenue, multiply those all by 10, go for that goal. Because you're probably going to miss your goal anyway. Mm -hmm. So just go for the 10x bigger goal and think about what multiplying the amount of effort, the amount of uh, intelligence, the amount of energy by 10 to hit that goal, right? It's like 10x everything. Don't think about 1.2x. Mm -hmm. Think about 10x and then reverse engineer that, right? And think, and it's about the same thing with time too, right? Everyone's got one-year goals. Think 10 years, you know? So that's 10X. That's Grant Cardone. That guy changed my life. Um, and I found him at, at uh, we didn't answer, I didn't answer that question. So uh, I found Grant Cardone through LeadCore. I was working at LeadCore. I had 100, we had 80 sales guys. And I had outgrown my wingspan. Like I was a young guy, I was 25. Um, and I had 80 sales guys at LeadCore. And I couldn't train them all because they were all in different locations. So I would go train them up. Then they would fall off after a couple of weeks. Right. They would fall back into negativity. They would get back. They would start getting rejected again. Right. And they would, they would get unsold on what they're doing. And then by the time I, let's say I fixed the location of Kelowna, then I would fly to Edmonton, get that location trained up, then go to Calgary, get that location trained up, then come to Port Coquitlam, get that trained up, then go to the Sunshine Coast, get them trained up. By the time I finished that, Coquitlam or, uh, or Kelowna's in the tank again. Hmm. I have to go back and do the whole plate spinning all over again. So I'm like, we need a system that can train these people and keep them all switched on all at the same time. So we brought Cardone University in and then uh, we grew the business with other factors. We brought in some more executives and everything else, but we grew the business from 80 reps to 150. We grew our revenue 130%. Wow. And I would say the Grant Cardone program was probably worth 25 or 30% of that growth. Wow. It was just, you know, it's not a coincidence that we brought that in and then we broke through a plateau. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I left. I yeah. was like, all right, and the corporate world, and that was the other thing I so much I saw. We, we have to do a show on that, on what's going on higher in the pyramid. Because I was 25 and I'm behind closed doors with guys in charge of $100 million budgets, mm -hmm. right? And what I saw explained so much to me about how the world works. You promise you'll come back and do that yeah, next we'll time you're in the area? That because be great. I see so many people. I have the saying, it says the bottom of the pyramid makes up stories about what's going on at the top of the pyramid because they've never been there. But you've been there. I, oh, not the top well, of the you, pyramid, but like higher up. Right. Higher up enough to see, to have a vantage point of like, well, if this is going on here, you know, like I saw human weakness, human incompetency cause so much damage because when you're at the top, when you're at the top of a company, you're at the top of the pyramid, right? And you have blind spots caused by your own emotional intelligence, caused by your own ego, caused by your own lack of skill sets, caused by your own lack of experience. 
your blind spot damages way more people because executives, all of your flaws are multiplied by everyone who reports to you. So if I have a, if I have a, you know what a scotoma is? It's like a, it's like a blind spot in your, your okay. eye, right? Right. Your retina yeah. or your cornea or whatever. I'm not an optician. So sorry for anybody who I'm incorrect, but <laughs> if I have a blind spot and maybe it prevents me from seeing my finger, but if I look at a building a mile away, that whole building could fit into that blind spot. So think mm. about being at the top of the pyramid and I've got some blind spots in business. My shortcomings are going to multiply as it goes down the pyramid. It's going to affect a lot of people. So when I was in the corporate world, I saw, you know, I saw a lot of blind spots in, in executives and directors and it would damage people like people at the bottom who were just starting, who wouldn't get the opportunity they needed, or they wouldn't get the support they needed. They would, you know, they wouldn't be performing. They didn't get the training they needed or the mentorship. And then they ended up losing their job or not performing or, you know, who knows where they ended up. They ended up back on the street because some of these kids were like right above the poverty line that had just joined. So you see the damage that incompetence at the higher levels caused. Mm -hmm. And then at the bottom of the, the company, they would make up stories. Oh, they're just greedy. It's like, no, actually they're incompetent. And I think that's what's going on on the planet right now too. There's a lot of incompetent leadership and then people make up stories. Oh, they're all, it's all conspiracy. They're all in on it. Maybe there's just a lot of incompetence that's damaging things. So I'll, I could talk more about. I want to talk about that. I'll come back for that. That'd be fun. You had to yeah. dive deep in this to yeah. get it. Let's go into that. We can go into the pyramid. Yeah. Let's right. go into the friggin' <laughs> yeah. the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, dude. It's been amazing. Man. I mean, I want to be right on time. I know you said you had to yeah. bounce at two. Yeah. Um, Set up Breitling. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm. That's my. I'm. I'm saving right now. Right. I have a hard time. I can't. Like, I won't justify it right now, but I really, really want a Breitling. I've wanted one for a decade. <laughs> And I just keep pushing it off. This was a, a, it's was a beautiful watch. Single, you know, no wife, no kids. Yeah. And I got a, a big bonus check. Yeah. And I just went, uh, well, I, I went to the store. Then it, Did you get that one downtown? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I went outside and smoked like half a pack of cigarettes, deciding whether I should actually do it or not. Good for you, though. And then you convince yourself, oh, I'll give it to my son someday. And it's all worth more money so, now than when you bought it. Probably, yeah. I yeah. mean, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could never justify yeah. buying another watch like this. Yeah. Sorry, but, I'm just, I have such an affinity <laughs> right. for Breitling's, man. Right. Like, yeah. I, I got them on. I still have like I have goals in my phone and yeah. I got a picture of, of a Breitling that I want. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's my it's my thing. I'll give it to my one of my kids. Yeah, 100%. Nice nice timepiece, man. This has been great. Yeah. Um amazing. I feel jazzed, I feel excited, yeah. um, uh, motivated, all the things I hoped I would, just about what I'm doing with this app. Well, what you are doing is amazing, by the way. Thank you. And I wrote Thanks. that in your card, like the fact that you stood your ground, you spoke up, you like you took the leap. That's huge, man. You know, more people need to do that in your realm like the people in the media realm, like mm. they know, like, you know, what's not right. And you keep dancing around and there's an elephant in the room and you just like, yo, here's the elephant guys. Mm. It takes guts. Yeah. So I just want to tell you that I have a lot of respect for you on that. So does my whole team. My whole team listens to you. Awesome. Thanks. Corey. So they all, all, and yeah, and I mean that, you know, I'm a pretty straight shooter. So I don't, yeah. I don't blow smoke. Like I fucking mean it, man. Like no, my you. team respects you. My the people who I know and my following, they all respect you. And, and uh, you inspired a lot of people and you came out and you're like, this is the fucking truth of the matter. You know what I mean? And yeah. whatever the media try to say was just hilarious <laughs> in response. I'm like, that's what you guys got? Really? You don't think we can just find the recording ourselves? Oh, I know. So now, yeah. apparently kids are robots, so we're turning them on and off. Like, yeah, avatars. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good well, for you, man. Well, thank you. Man. Love this thing. But I mean, I, thanks I'm, for having me too. Dude, thank you. I, but yeah. I'm at the stage, just to wrap, put a cherry on that, I'm at the stage where you have opportunity and you don't want to blow the opportunity. Yeah. Because I do think there's an incredible potential for building a great community across Canada yeah. and the U S yeah. And 100%. so um, I'm thankful for this time to kind of charge me up and help have, have me 
look at things in a, in a slightly different yeah. way. Yeah. Who do you so, listen to, man? Find your advisors. Right. If you were a business, if you were, if you were a corporation, who is the advisor of each department? Find an advisor and get advice only for them. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go all in on advice that's 80% right than get 10% of advice from 50 different people. Just find your advisor, go all in with that guy. Don't listen to anyone else. When you have a problem, then you don't have a problem of whose advice do I take? You have a problem, you go to your advisor, boom. Mm, amazing. Simplifies it. Dude. Cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you. What's up? It's Kid. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Please join me in my app, a social media platform with real uncensored conversations. Join me at kidcarson.com or search Kid Carson in all the app stores, K-I-D-C-A-R-S-O-N.